Thank you for tuning in to the 188th episode of Barbershop Sports Talk with me, your host, Daryl D. Lane. As always, I want to thank you for tuning in, whether it be via Spotify, iTunes, Stitcher, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, iHeartRadio, SoundCloud, whichever podcasting app or avenue you are listening to me via. Being recorded from Buffalo, New York. Going to have a great show for you today. Going to have my guy. We haven't had him on in a while. My friend from the South, Brett Swader. We're going to have him on. We're going to talk about this madness that is going on in college football as soon as it was happening the first thing I was like I gotta get Brett on I gotta talk to Brett about this because to me and we're gonna have Brett on in just a bit but what's going on to college football it's asinine it's unfair it's trivial it's idiocy of the highest order it's stupidity on so many levels and it's just and it's frustrating because you're looking at athletic directors and guys in suits taking away opportunities from kids, right? Everybody talks about, it's all about the kids. It's all about the kids. No, it's not all about the kids. Because college football, they were disorganized this whole time. I don't know why these people weren't talking, all these different conference commissioners and ADs, why they weren't talking before. And it's just incompetence. And then they're like, hey, month and a half before the season, let's talk. Let's talk a month and a half before the season. No. When the NBA was talking about doing their bubble and stuff and the NCAA March Madness got canceled and baseball got canceled, that's when the college football people should have been talking to each other to figure out a plan. Now we're talking about unions for players. A lot of this stuff, there's legality with a bunch of this stuff. And it it sounds like they're just like, we were going to play. We were going to play. We're going to see what the hell happens. So it's just incompetence on their part. And then you get to people saying, oh, and this is why this also bothers me. This thing has become political. People are like, oh, you you can't play. It's going to spread the virus. First of all, if the college is open, no, actually, first of all, if the state is open and the college is open, then no, they need to play college football. If the state is open and the school is open, they need to play football. If you're going to charge people tuition... Make people take classes, but say, oh, no, you can't play football. No, that's asking. Or any other sport, fall sports, whether it be soccer, men's or women's, uh, it could be uh, swimming, any any sport that is going on right now. They should all be allowed to play. Division one, two, and three. No, no exceptions. And players who don't feel comfortable playing can opt out. To me, this is very simple. 90% of the players want to play, folks. You let those 90% play, the 10% that don't, you do not have to play. Nobody is forcing you. Nobody's peer pressuring you. None of that. You don't have to play. These schools, especially the big D1 Power 5 conference schools, have the money and the resources to test people every day if they need to. So the fact that you're saying, oh my God, no, you can test them. And then, and Trevor Lawrence mentioned this, and other people have mentioned this, like Clay Travis. The kids are safer playing football. They're going to be tested and looked at and have the best medical people around them every day. If you just say, hey, go home, you want to know what's going to happen? When you leave 18 to 22-year-old college-age kids to their own devices, I'm 22 years old, I just graduated from college. You want to know what happens? A lot of stupid, petty, you know what happens. There's not going to be social distancing going on. People act like, oh my God, these kids, I saw somebody on Twitter say, if they realize that the season gets canceled, they're going to be like, oh my God, there's a pandemic and they're probably going to take it seriously. No, you're a fool. You're an idiot if you believe that. People are kidding themselves. You know what's going to happen? They're going to go to parties. They're going to go to darties, which are the parties in the afternoon in the daytime. They're going to go to bars. They're going to go to nightclubs. They're going to be around girls and they're not going to be social distancing. That is just a fact of the matter. They are not going to be social distancing. And the fact that you think if college football is canceled, that they are, is a lie. And I don't know if people are lying to themselves or they're just lying outright to make other people feel better or they're lying to make themselves feel better. But it's a lie. 
And plus, they're not getting tested. So they could have corona and be spreading it to other people. At least if they're playing, they're going to know if they have corona because they won't be able to play. And there will be less of an incentive for players to go out, party, and social distance and, and uh, if there is a season. Trevor Lawrence wants to win a national championship. Chances are Trevor Lawrence is going to be more mindful of where he's going or Justin Fields is going to be more mindful of where he's going if there's a season on the line because they want to freaking play. That's what's going to happen. It's going to give them a reason to be like, okay, maybe I shouldn't go to this party after the game. Maybe I'll just hang out with a couple guys on the team and have a couple beers. Instead of, on a Saturday, hey, I'm getting wasted. We're going to the bar. It's going to be awesome. Screw social distancing. That's what you're going to have happen. And I'm just telling you. And people are like, oh, no, 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 no. No, that's going to happen. I'm trying to tell you. I was a college athlete. I was in college last year. I'm around that age range. I have friends that are that age range. That's just the deal, folks. That's just the deal. People are talking about COVID and lung issues. Have you heard of CTE? It turns your brain into mush. People are like, but they can't play. Yes, they can play. And they want to play. Now, if the states were closed, and the school was closed, I would not be saying play college football. But the fact that the states are open, a lot of these states are open, the school is open, they should play, and they want to play. Do you see how 1 plus 1 plus 1 plus 1 equals 4? Right? I wouldn't be saying this if the state was closed and nobody could go anywhere, everybody was on a stay-at-home order. I wouldn't be saying this if the school was like, we're not going to open. If the school said, we're not opening until the second semester, I'd be like, okay, maybe they're going to have to do spring football. If the school's not going to open, you just can't play football, right? That's what I would say. But that's not the case. That is not what's going on. It's called student athletes. If you're going to make them be a student, they can be an athlete. And then I also want to say this. And Joe Burrow said this on Twitter too. If this happened last year, Joe Burrow might be an accountant somewhere in Louisiana, right? <laughs> Joe Burrow could be a waiter looking for his looking for a job at a diner in LSU, and Joe Burrow's like, yeah. Started for LSU one year, was pretty average. Then, you know, my senior year, Richard senior year, you know what happened? COVID happened. Just decided I didn't want to play football anymore. That could have happened. Another guy, Kyler Murray. This happened two years ago. Kyler Murray, he would be playing baseball right now. Him playing another year for Oklahoma is the reason he realized how good he was at football, and then he ended up going and playing football, and then he was the number one overall pick in the NFL draft. Kyler Murray doesn't exist in the NFL. We can even go back to freaking 2000 when it was Tom Brady. If this happened Tom Brady's senior year, Tom Brady was a sixth-round draft pick, and he played his senior year, and he was splitting time. What do you think would happen if there was no film on him? Tom Brady doesn't happen. The greatest quarterback to ever play the game. Dude, this is the type of stuff people aren't thinking about. Trevor Lawrence is comfortable playing. He, Trevor Lawrence is going to be a top two pick. Trevor Lawrence and Justin Fields are going to be the top two picks in this draft. They have nothing to gain by playing the season. In fact, some people might say it's smart for them to both say, we're going to opt out. That would probably be the smart thing if you were their lawyer. You would probably say opt out or if you're their agent, you would say you should opt out. But you know why they don't want to opt out? Because first of all, they made a commitment and they want to honor that. S second of all, they love their teammates. They love the school. They love the fans. They love competition. That's why they want to play. And Trevor Lawrence is speaking as the leader of the team because he knows that not everybody's going to play pro. He knows that this could be players last year playing football, how much it means to them. The, an NFL career is only three years. People act like all these players are going to the NFL. That, that's, that, that doesn't happen. Some of these guys are going to, if they do make it to the league, will be in the league for one year, get cut, and have to integrate into real life like you, me, and Dupree. That's just a fact of the matter. And you're taking that opportunity away from them. And it's sickening. Nick Saban is 60 year, 68 damn years old. 68. The age where if you get COVID, the age you don't want to get COVID. Not people my age. People my age, if you get COVID, it's not necessarily deadly to you. People Nick Saban's age, if you get COVID, that's not necessarily the best thing. And Nick Saban's like, I want to play. Let him play. And like I said, we're going to have Brett Swader coming on. Next, after the break on Barbershop Sports Talk.
right. Oh, we're back with Barbershop Sports Talk, and we have my guy. He has not been on in a while, but we got him on again, Brett Swader. How you doing, Brett? I'm doing good, man. What about you? I've been hanging in there, man. I'm doing as well as you can be in uh, this crazy times we live in, this COVID world. Um, I guess I'm doing as well as you per- as you possibly can be. Oh, man, I hear that. I, that's exactly how I feel about it. But, I, you know, you can talk about it forever. But I just try to tell people I'm doing all right and just keep going with it because it's, it's rough out there right now. No, that's true. Now, the first thing I got to ask you, right, so college football – Right now, it's a little iffy. The SEC, the ACC, they might try to play. I'm still kind of on the fence if that's going to happen. But I just want to know for you, when were you kind of like, okay, college football, there's a chance it doesn't happen. When was that moment for you when it started registering in your head? Uh, there's a chance they might not play the season. Well, I actually, for months now, have been thinking there's no way that they're not going to play college football. I mean, a good example of why I thought that was I've been seeing Dana White put on a bunch of UFC fights, and I mean, if those guys can slobber all over each other, I was like, by the time September rolls around, we'll we'll play football. But then I know when the Pac-12 came out, and a lot of you know the conference representatives decided that they're they're not they're trying not to play, and then the Big Ten followed about a day or two ago. That's when I was really like, okay, this might this might actually happen for the first time in at least my lifetime. I don't know it, how long it's been since there hasn't been a college football season, but it kind it's kind of just now took within the past few days, kind of took the the hit on me. And I would ask you this too. And the thing that I mean, like, the, I guess the thing that bothers me most about it is I feel like a lot of it's kind of deteriorated into it all being political. Like I feel and just disorganization from ads and. Uh, athletic directors, like, I don't understand why these discussions weren't really happening, like, four or five months ago, uh, which slightly bothers me, like, they were coming out with schedules, yet it it seems like these people weren't having conversations with each other, so I I guess where I'm at is, like, who do you think is the most to blame for this? Uh, It's kind of tough, because, I mean, if you look at it on the non-politics side, it's just the college football side of them doing what they can do in their power. I feel like it was more of a wait-and-see kind of attitude. And then now that September's a month away, they're all scrambling trying to figure out, oh, are we really going to get to do this? I think I think it's – I don't know if there's one specific person to blame. I, I just think it's a lot of factors of small things put together, you know, with politics and the, the health issues with COVID or how how much of a factor is it? How much of it is it not? Um, I mean, it, it is just – when you got something like college football, there's so many – big names and people that are of importance that it's hard to like pin a place of because you've got plenty of places like Nick Saban or people like Nick Saban saying let's play and then you've got other members of conferences like the Big Ten and Pac-12 saying no we're, we shouldn't play so I don't know where you would pinpoint it but I think uh, one problem would have to be with the, the wait and see attitude I feel like came with college football as far as like it wasn't really talked about until it feels like this past month as far as how serious it should be talked about. You know, I just felt like they kind of just had the wait and see attitude. Now that they're a month away, they're kind of scrambling, trying to figure out what's going to go, go down. And now that the big 10 canceled, do you think there's any chance? Like when people talk about spring football, do you think that's even realistic? Cause I don't think that's realistic because if these guys are going pro, they're not inclined to play in the spring. I mean, they're going to be preparing for the draft and then why would you play in the spring and then are you going to play in the fall again? That's just such a short turnaround. To me, it doesn't make any sense to play it in the spring. Yeah, I don't think there's going to – I don't think they'll play in the spring by any means. I mean, like you said, it would be such a short turnaround. And what are you going to do, not turn around and play in the fall? So you'll just play next spring? So you're just going to keep football in the spring? So I feel like if it came down to that, if they all postponed it in quotation marks, I feel like when the spring rolled around, whether it be March, April, whatever – I feel like they'd be like, well, should we play it? Because even if we shorten the season, it'll probably still be about May or June before the season's over. And, I mean, maybe even July, depending on how much they, uh, you know, how long the season would be. And then you're just two or three months away from the season starting again. And uh, where do you where do you put coaches in recruiting if that happens? You know, it's talking about kids that are in high school now. I mean, if you're playing ball in the spring, I mean, that's a very big uh, recruiting time. So, like, does that mean and if, and if the schools aren't going to go back to normal now, 
how are you – and what if high school doesn't play? You can't go and recruit like you normally would. So, I just feel like if they tried to play in the spring, it would mess it up way more. I think they would just end up – they say they'd postpone it to the spring, but I think they'd end up canceling it overall. And to me, it also creates a log jam because when you look at it, like, if you're a senior, let's say you're a senior and you have no aspirations, you know you're not probably good enough to play at the NFL level, right? And you take classes, like, are you going to withhold, like, another year of your life just to play football? Like, because you need to be a full-time student to play sports. And, God, I don't know if people realize that. You need to be a full-time student. So are you going to take 12 credits? Like, especially if you already graduated, are you going to take another 12 credits? You know what I mean? Just to do it, just so you can play football for a semester? Like, to me, it just doesn't make sense. Yeah, I agree. Because, like you said, are you, if, you really, if you're not, like, you know, you might be good enough to play maybe some small college ball or, you know, maybe just high school ball, like you said, as a senior, but... If you don't have, like, the potential to even go to the NFL, would you really go through a whole nother semester of school just to be eligible for the three months of football? You know what I'm saying? So I just I just feel like it would be all kinds of jams, and I feel like it would be not only that, uh, the elephant in the room, I feel like it would jam all other sports up. When do you start everything else again? You know, because normally baseball would be going on then. But they shortened it, so it's probably going to be well over with. Do you start spring training in February for baseball again? Uh, when does the NBA going to start back up once of next year? You know, like so that's like you have you would have so much overlapping. And one thing about college football is they bring in so much money. Even if even if it came back to full capacity stadiums in the spring, with all the other sports overlapping, that would try to be back in business. I just don't feel like it would be. I don't. I just don't. I want college football as bad as anybody, but I just don't feel like it would happen in the spring. I don't feel like it would make any sense to have it have it in the spring. And then how much like of a detriment is this going to just be to like if they do not play the season? Let's say the SEC, the ACC, they end up kind of counting the tone. They don't play. Like to me, that destroys college athletics. Like the only there's only two sports that bring in revenue: college football and a little bit of a lesser extent college basketball. Like, that's what subsidizes the athletic departments and, like, so people can wrestle, so people can do swimming, uh, women's basketball, women's soccer, men's soccer, like, all this stuff. If college football is, and I assume if they're not going to play college football, they're going to play college basketball. If that doesn't happen, like, this thing is done. There's no yeah, funding. And, yeah, absolutely. And, I mean, don't quote me on this, but I, I believe it was Stanford. It may be a different school, but I could have swore it was Stanford that was cutting out uh, programs of their school because of, no, there was no March Madness, and I, I don't know if they had just automatically assumed that there was going to be no college football. But it, it was not anything major sport-wise, but they were cutting out small events and extracurricular acti curricular activities they had going on out there. Uh, I'm pretty sure it was Stanford, but, I mean, it's just, I mean, the re like you said, man, the revenue, and we already didn't have March Madness this year, so maybe people had the, well, as long as we have college football attitude, well, what if you didn't have March Madness and college football in the same year? You're talking about the amount of money those schools would lose, uh, scholarships that would be depleted. It would just be a very tough for I – mean, I wouldn't be surprised if tuition increased in a lot of universities because of this. No, I agree. And also, and this is a point I made earlier in the show, is that if – well, in theoretically, and in the part of this that makes it so complicated because all these states have different beliefs of what COVID is and, and how they're handling it too, which makes this even more complicated. But if – the state is open, right? If the college is open and the players want to play, they should be able to play football. To me, that is the craziest thing about this. To me, it's like one plus one plus one equals three. Like, it's not four, right? Like, if the state is open, the college is open, they should be able to play football if they want to. Right? 100%. 100%. I don't understand. I mean, if everything is open... Why not play? It would be one thing if you're you're not open, or that's just like saying we're going to open the grocery store, but you can only sh you can't shop in the electronic <laughs> section. I know. You, know, you know what I mean? You, the whole you either open it all up or you close it all down. You got to pick one. You can't pick and choose, and that's I think why people start to get into the uh, the COVID's more of a politic than an actual uh, illness thing because things aren't things don't add up, you know. Uh, and I don't I don't want to get too into depth with that, but. Like you said, man, I mean, one plus one plus one is three. And, and it seems like they're like, oh, we're going to open schools, we're going to have students, we're going to do this, but uh, we can't play sports, but you can, sit, you can sit in the classroom together. You can walk 
in the hallways together, but we might take one or two of your classes online to make it a little bit more safe. And it just doesn't make sense to anybody. And I think that's why there's all the outrage that there is. And then to me, like, I don't, and I also fundamentally disagree with the fact that just because they're playing football is going to make them, it's more unsafe than if they weren't. Because if they're playing, they're going to be getting checked regularly. They're going to be getting tested regularly. And there's going to be a less of an incentive for them to do stuff like go out, party, and do stuff like that to put themselves in situations where they're around people because they know if they get COVID, they're not going to be able to play. I understand. And it's, it's the fact that, and even Saban said it, I know I've quoted him a couple times, not an Alabama fan, but I do respect what he had to say about it, is these kids are safer here with us at the universities than they are back home. What are they going to do back home? Especially if they're still considered enrolled in a school, they just can't play. They might do all their classes online from home. So you're going to let these kids do an hour or two online who are on full scholarship. So they're probably, a lot of them probably don't have jobs because they'll probably still have some type of football going on, even if it's just at home workouts or whatever. So you're going to let these guys just roam around all their hometowns. And then that, that's a, that's a headache on coaches. Cause you know, not your kids aren't from the same places. You're going to have kids all over the map that you're trying to keep up with, make sure they stay healthy, make sure they stay, you know, out of trouble. It can go on and on and on. And then also, you don't have them there on campus. What if they're doing online school? And then you have to deal with the academic part of it. And you have a kid in Texas and a kid in uh, New Hampshire or somewhere that both go to your school. But And you're trying to deal with their academic problems because they've not been doing their stuff online. And that's like Saban said, they're better off there with the coaches. And I, and people say, well, that's just because he wants to coach and, you know, and, and do a job. But I, I agree with him 100%. They're more safe with the coaches at the facilities. Like you said, they're going to be tested regularly. And, Brett, I will tell you this. Brett, how old are you, Brett? I'm 23. Okay, I'm 22. People, I would say, in our age range, like 18 to 25, the more time you usually give young people – Usually, the more stuff, the more immature BS happens. Would you not agree with that? Oh, absolutely. <laughs> like, like the, the fact that there are people, and, and this and it dumbfounds me, they, they believe that if the, the season is canceled, all these players are just going to go back home and they're going to stay inside and they're going to social distance. And I'm like, that is the furthest thing from the case. Oh, yeah, no chance. I mean, they're slowly opening up bars, and most college athletes are at least they're at least old enough to get in the bar, even if they're not allowed to drink, and that always don't hold them back anyway. So you've got 18 to 24, maybe even 25-year-old people, uh, kids going home, and they're just going to be sitting at home. You think they're just going to sit on the couch all day? Absolutely not. <laughs> no. Like, I don't understand. Or they'll be at house parties. Like, I don't – the fact that people think that – just because the season's against them, everybody's going to just go home and mind their own business. That's not the case. And then also, so a point that I made is maybe a guy like, let's say Trevor Lawrence, I don't know what Trevor Lawrence does in his personal life, but maybe after a Saturday night after a game, instead of going to a party, he's like, you know what, maybe I'll just have a couple beers with a couple of my teammates, we'll just hang out someplace instead of doing that. You know what I mean? But like, Just like decisions like that that lessen your chance of getting infected. Right. Uh, absolutely, and it's better than going to some place back home that you with people. I mean, if you're Trevor Lawrence and you're going home, let's be honest, there's going to be everybody that knows you in your town is going to want to see you. So if you go to a house party, there's probably going to be 100, 200 people there, and that increases your chances of getting COVID. So therefore, I, I just don't really understand where all the commissioners are thinking that this is just going to be the best thing to do because it's going to put the kids at way more risk. And then I think in some cases, they're going to be going to school. Like, some schools are open, Brett. Like, I, I think there's some that are doing it where it's like some kids are going to be in certain classes. Other time, other days, it's going to be online. So even theoretically, it's not even that they're going home. Some of them should be, like, you know, kind of like in the town. Right? Like, right. Yeah. I mean, I don't, it just it, none of it really makes sense to me. It's just, like you said earlier, the one plus one plus one, and, and they just can't seem to add it to three. And it's just really, it's bothering a lot of people. It's frustrating a lot of people. And some people think it's just because, you know, the typical fan just wants to sit at home and watch college football. And I think there's more to it than that. I think it's, I mean, even if you just take out the fact that you're even a fan of college football, like if you just take out, if you just add the logic, you know, I mean, if you're going to do all these other things, you're going to be in class. You're going to be walking down the hall, like I said earlier, but you can't play ball. doesn't really make sense to me. And like you said, they're going to be tested, Rick, all the time, all the time. 
And, and then the thing is, the NFL is going to try to play. So they're, they're going to be, people like Trevor Lawrence and Justin Fields are going to be looking on their TV and they're going to be like, what the F is going on here? So Tom Brady gets to play on Sunday, but I can't play on Saturday? Like, yeah, and, and they're getting paid. So it's like, I'm over here trying to do this for free, willingly. And these guys are trying to do it as a job, but they're allowed to do it, but we can't do it for willingly not getting paid. You know, I mean, we're college athletes. We're college, we're, we're college students. We're over here voluntarily wanting to play football for you and for us and for our school and for everybody that we, re- uh, we recognize. But yet somebody who just does it as a job is going to go do it, but we can't do it pretty much on our own. It, it's kind of like doing it recreational, you know, like they're wanting to do it just because they love it. I, I I I completely agree with you, Brett. And then the thing is too is ninety percent of these kids they want to play. Like like and there's a small fraction of the kids that don't want to play. They don't have to play and they can opt out. And I don't think they should feel pressure to play if they don't feel comfortable to play. But ninety percent of these kids they want to play. Yeah, and that's why I think I saw some. I can't remember who it was. It was it was a big name athlete who said, "Why can't we just have all the conferences? Or if you want to take conferences out of it." Every team that wants to play or has a majority of staff and student or athletes that want to play, have them sign some some kind of waiver, you know, just and and let everybody else that doesn't want to play or universities or players, let them opt out. Nobody's making, nobody's putting a gun to their head. But the ones that want to play, you only get one. I mean, you only get one chance at college football, and not everybody gets to play it. So you're going to take – I understand that they're probably still going to give them an eligibility year left, but it's it's not the same, man. I mean, some of these guys might not play. Like you said, Trevor Lawrence, Justin Fields, if they don't get to play this year, they're probably not coming back. Or, or even, like I said, other kids that maybe they don't have pro potential, but they're already done. They're not going to necessarily – they might not want to stay. They might have a job. You know what I mean? Like, you just can't keep holding with holding people's lives. You know what I mean? Absolutely. And I saw that Joe Burrow said – uh, he really wants to let – we really should let the kids play. He said, if this would have happened a year ago, he said, I might be looking for a job right now. And, and, and even Kyler Murray. If this would have happened when Kyler Murray – Kyler Murray would be playing baseball. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I it, mean it, – it, It's a big impact, man. Uh, Tom Brady was a six-round draft pick. If this happened when Tom Brady was a senior, Tom Brady wouldn't be playing football. <laughs> We, we wouldn't really remember who Tom Brady was if that happened his senior year. Yeah, like, I, I don't think people realize the ramifications of this. I think they're, I think they're just focused on other, their mind is somewhere else, and they think it's more of a people just want to watch college football for their leisure, and, and it's so much more than that. It really is. I mean, these are, these are people's careers. These are people's lives. These, I mean, so much is on more at stake more than just there's people at home wanting to watch college football. And people just don't understand that. Yeah. And a lot of these kids, their happiness is what they love to do. It's what they put their mind, heart, body, and soul into. Yeah, and it's just, it, it's really going to be sad to, to see it. I, I've never seen it in my lifetime, like I said, I, every fall. Since I was a kid, man, I remember even when I wasn't even old enough to really know what was going on, I knew that my family or my friends or my parents' friends or whatever, they were all watching football in the fall. And, like, to imagine that that's not going to be a thing, it's just so bizarre. No, I completely agree with you. Now, really quickly, what we're going to do is we're going to take a break and then cut them next after the Brick and Barbershop Sports that we're going to talk about if you think the SEC will actually play. Cut up next after the break on Barbershop Sports Talk. with Barbershop Sports Talk, we still have my guy Brett Swader with us. So, Brett, and we were actually just talking about this a little bit when we were off the air, and you kind of mentioned a little bit about kind of like the UFC Fight Island, and even kind of what the NBA has done with making a bubble, MLS and soccer has done it. How would you feel if college football, what they decided to do is if they did a bubble? Do you think that could work? Um, I think it could work as far as letting them play. But I think uh, a lot of a lot of it has to do with 
college football knows that if they do a bubble, they may not make the revenue, you know. And I think that's one reason they're like, why even waste our time as far as the commissioners and stuff like that. So I think it could be done. Do I think Do I think they would do that? I think they would veto that very quickly because I just don't know how they would do Because, yeah, you can put them on TV, but as far as the, the, the stadium capacity and concessions and revenue and, and merch sales for college – it's, it's a little bit different than professional sports because these guys are already, they've already got money and they're getting paid salaries and all that. So I just, I think it could be done, but I think everybody that would be able to vote that in effect would veto that idea. Now, so here's my thing. Do you think the SEC will actually play? Because the SEC and the, the ACC, uh, but it's particularly the SEC, has kind of still been adamant. I think they just released another statement kind of like disavowing what the Big Ten and Pac-12 did, and it's kind of like, F you, we're still going to try to play. Like, do you think the SEC is actually legitimately going to play? Uh, it's It would be, if there's any conference that's going to play, it's the SEC. I mean, they always say it's the SEC, it just means more, and I think people are starting to say that a little bit more now. And then a lot of the people that, uh, if you do take the politics side of it, a lot of the people that are not as big of believers in COVID and think it's more of a politics thing are definitely in the South. majority of the people in the South. So I think that's another reason that they that they're so adamant about playing. And but I think that if there's, I wouldn't be surprised if there's 14 teams playing, even if there's no national championship and they just have an SEC schedule and then an SEC champion and then that's it. Because I think these guys really want to play. And I think that they understand that if they're the only conference that does play, they're going to be the only ones with eyes, and they're going to get whatever revenue there, that there is. And, and you're particularly right to that point about how people maybe down south, they have a different opinion on the virus. Because I'm I'm in New York, right in the north, and uh, you can't go to bars right now or, or anything like that with uh, without a mask. or, or you, you can do very – like gyms aren't even really open while – I know I was talking to my friend, we were talking about going to Tennessee, like, everything's open in Tennessee. So, it, it's just kind of different that way, which I do think, to your point, is kind of why maybe the SEC could pull it off. But the really interesting thing was, so, Nebraska, their head coach is like, if the season doesn't happen and the Big Ten cancels, we're going to try to ex- uh, exhaust every option we can. Uh, James Franklin, head coach of Penn State, says the same thing. People were talking about if the SEC could recruit teams like Ohio State to play. So, Brett, I have to ask you, if I gave you a couple of teams that can just join the SEC, what would those teams be? Uh, I get to choose? Yeah, give me give me five, six teams. Uh, Ohio State, Oklahoma, Texas, Penn State, uh, probably, or I would want to say Oregon, but the Pac-12 is so they're so out of it that they don't want to play. But I'm trying to get you know teams out of the conference that are you know top five, top ten rankings, and uh, you know uh, I, as an SEC fan, I know for a fact that uh, a lot of SEC other other SEC fans complain all the time about how Ohio State gets to walk through you know a majority of a week in the Big Ten, or Oklahoma gets to walk through a, a, a week in. Big 12 minus one or two games with each of those conferences. So, I mean, I'm talking like I know Tennessee fans who would even love for Ohio State to come play an SEC schedule. I know. I know they would. <laughs> uh, we got, so we got Ohio State, Oklahoma, Texas, Penn State, and you said maybe Oregon. So that's five. Give me a, give me one more for your sixth. Clemson. For sure. Oh yeah, yeah, Clemson. That's a definite. And another one I would say that I'd also like to see Notre Dame get Notre Dame in there too. Heck, they can't join a conference as is. They're not going to come join another uh, one of the best. Yeah, that is. <laughs> <laughs> that is so true. But do you think that could actually happen? Like the SEC could legitimately be like, let's play. We're going to play, and we'll we'll invite like the best teams from each conference, and you guys can come play with us. I think so. I really do. I think I think if that's what it takes. Uh, one thing that's going to bother me, man, though, is I feel like if that's what happens and every school is not involved, I feel like whoever wins the national championship, whoever wins the, I guess, conference championships or ship, whatever they have, it, it I just feel like it's going to be so much backlash either next year or in the future or afterwards. Well, they didn't have to play a real season and this and that. And it's just, even if it's a team I don't like, I feel like that's going to happen. 
and he, and especially if it's a team that I do like and it happens that I'm going to have to hear forever that it wasn't a real season. It was a, a hand-me-down season compared to others. There wasn't even all the teams and so on. But here's the thing, Brett. If you put those six teams in with the SEC, Ohio State, Clemson, Oklahoma, Texas, Penn State, and Oregon, and you put that in the SEC, that's all the teams you need. I agree. 100%. <laughs> but you're going to have the random, the USC fan or somebody like that, or the, somebody like that who was like, well, y'all did or the Florida State fan, even though they haven't been relevant. And it's just like they're going to have something to say, which everybody always has something to say no matter who wins it every year. But I just feel like there's going to be even the people who sit on irrelevant teams like – just teams that don't have a chance are even going to have something to say. And it's just, which like I said, everybody's always going to have something to say, but I just I just feel like a lot of people won't credit. I, I think they'll give the credit to that championship team the same way that people make fun of uh, Central Florida for, you know, beating Auburn that year when Auburn beat huh. Alabama and Georgia and they played in the national championship and they said that UCF was the real national champs. I think it'll be the same type of stuff. Well, Brett, what I would say to uh... – those USC fans, if you guys were better, you guys would have got invited to play. hundred <laughs> percent. But I, I also think it'd be entertaining. Like, if we put this in a scenario, so you have Ohio State playing an SEC schedule, like in Clemson. Like, how well do you think those teams would do in the SEC? Because this is always kind of like the debate people have, and I think that'd be the fascinating part about this. I personally think. It depends if you played a regular schedule because, you know, they've already shortened it. It's a 10 games. But if you played at least a 12-game regular season schedule uh, with Clemson in the ACC or the SEC or Ohio State playing in the SEC, I don't think that there is a single team out of every single team we just mentioned that comes out undefeated in the regular season. I just don't think it's possible. Do I know how good that each team will do? Do I think Clemson – might have one loss or Ohio State might have one loss with Bama, with Georgia, with, you know, so on and so on, with Oregon, or whoever, Texas, Oklahoma. I think they're all at least going to have at least one loss. Yeah, that, that would be really interesting, too. That would be so fascinating to see, particularly because really coming into the season, Clemson and Ohio State were kind of the consensus one and two to see them kind of in the mix now. They're in the SEC, right? Just to see that would be just so interesting. But do you think – that do you really think because I know you would love it and I would love it too but do you think this could really happen like would you be shocked if Ohio State was like you know what because I don't even know if they could do that because people are talking about the legalities of it can Ohio State just be like peace we're playing in the SEC for a year I I don't know I just feel I just feel like the Big Ten is going to try to hold them to some type of restriction or something like that you know same with Penn State or somebody like that I just don't know I think the SEC you, I mean you know the SEC they'll if the if the I mean if the Patriots want to play they'll play them you know but as far as like the other conferences I don't know if they'll let that happen I don't know why maybe uh, I don't know if they think it would make their brand look bad or look weak or whatever but I feel like uh, I feel like the school itself could be on board with that because I mean I'm, I'm sure Ohio State fans and uh, the team and the school and everybody is tired of hearing oh the SEC is so tough but I'm sure the SEC is like well please come on down and play an SEC schedule then see that is so true and, that, and that's actually the one thing I am really rooting for even Scott Frost I, I, I love how uh, Scott Frost was like because Scott Frost said I don't know if you heard his clippings but he said it in a way he's like Nebraska if the Big Ten is canceled, we will exert everything we can in our power, and we will play. And I'm like, okay. Like, that sounds like he had the president in the 80s backing. I'm just like, can they just really be like, peace out, guys? Like, <laughs> I mean, that's what I'm, I'm curious with that as well. But at the same time, I understand you're a member of a conference. But let's be honest. People switch conferences all the time. I understand it's usually you have a year or two advanced ahead of time. You know, you know when it's going to happen. I don't know how that works as far as I don't know if they're under like a contract with the conference. But I mean, if, if, if Notre Dame can sit out of a conference in every sport, or I mean, in just football, but be in the ACC and almost every other sport, I don't see why a university that's an independently owned university that's not owned by the conference couldn't just go play whoever they wanted. That's and, true. That, that's true. And if the Big Ten is canceled and the Big Ten games are canceled, couldn't they just count that as out of conference games? Like. <laughs> 
Absolutely. Or wouldn't that if the Big Ten is technically canceled for a season, you could kind of look at that as the Big Ten doesn't exist for a year, but the school still exists, the program still exists. So what do you go? Where do you go from there? Are you an independent team, and do you just play twelve non-conference games or ten non-conference games, or are you a member of a conference for a year? Or like, 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 how does that work? You know. No, I, I completely agree. I, I don't. It's going to be really fascinating. But also, I, I do have to ask you this. So, can you just describe to people because you kind of mentioned the SEC? It, it just means more to, for uh, for some people, and you're kind of you're kind of from SEC country. So, just kind of talk about the game day atmosphere for a minute, just so people like can kind of get that in their mind. Oh man, I, I've, I, I a lot of people. I mean, just for the people that don't know this, I travel all across the, the country for work and stuff, and. I definitely stop and do my tourist stuff, and I've been in college towns all over the country. But I don't think people understand that uh, some places you go, and they're like, oh, well, we're about some football, even if it's here at, like, Ohio State or if it's at Notre Dame or somewhere, a big school. But I don't think people understand when you come to a, a SEC school, a, a true SEC school, like somebody who's been a, a member of the SEC for a very long time, the Alabamas, the uh, the Georgias, the Tennessees, Florida, so on. People don't understand that there will never – I see all the time – a perfect example was when Georgia played uh, Notre Dame, I believe, in 2000, the 2017 year. There was more Georgia people, Georgia fans, at South Bend in Indiana than there was Notre Dame fans. And it's just – though these people down here, man, they literally care about nothing else. When, when Saturday – you would think that – they, um, they have a son or they're on the team. And, I mean, you, you go to a regular job around here in the South, man, it's anywhere in the South. You would think that you were talking to the coach because they talk about the game that happened on the weekend for on Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, and then Thursday, Friday, they start talking smack about the next team they're going to play. Like if they, I mean, people live for it. They can care less if – I mean, I know NFL is a big deal. I love the NFL. People down here don't really watch the NFL. I mean, they do. But the NFL is more of a, you know, relax on Sunday before you got to go back to your job on Monday, kind of watch football. On Saturday, these people wake up at 7 o'clock in the morning, go to – if you're not even going to the game, you're going somewhere with a group of 30, 40 people. And and it's just and, – and, and then there's going to be people, people there all day just ready to watch games from 7 a.m. or 8 a.m. Uh, uh, game day all the way to the last game on the West Coast. So it's just – these people, they bleed it down here and then – Personally, we think that as far as teams go, we have the best athletes in the country uh, for the SEC schools. So that just helps us take a little bit more pride in that, too. And how much do you think that would hurt the economy, too, like down there? Like, if you're talking about how big it is, like, if all that is taken away from a year, like. Oh, it's drastic. That's why I think the SEC, besides, like I said about they might, it might be because of, you know, most people in the South are on the political side of what COVID is. I think a lot of that has to do with they understand the impact that the SEC has on football in the South. I mean, I think they understand that. And there's a song by, uh, I can't remember who sings, I think it's Ronnie Dunn. And, uh, it's called, it, it's a, it's kind of a smart Alex song. And he says something about every, they say, he says, they don't get high in Colorado. There ain't no trucks in Texas. And he says, there ain't no football in the South. He's being a, a smart ass in the song, as you could say. Cause I mean, even, I mean, people that aren't even from here know that there's football in the South, you know, and it's it's what I mean, I think that I mean, whether you're going to the game, whether you're going to a bar, whether whether it's just your your neighbor buying out uh, a whole, you know, restaurant worth of wings just to have people over for the game. Like people don't understand the impact that college football has just in the South. If you're not from there, man, it's it's really ridiculous. And when I meet people from other places, like I said, I go everywhere. And they're talking about football, and I'll, I'll talk NFL all day, but I, I would much rather talk college, and that's just how it is down there. We, we think college is the greatest thing ever when it comes to sports, college football. Why is college football so much bigger in the South than in uh, than, than the I'm NFL? On, I honestly don't really know, man. I really don't. I, 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 it's just all, it's kind of one of those things you're just born into if you're from here. I mean, you don't really know. You just kind of accept it, if that makes sense. Because it, cause I was thinking, maybe is it because because high school football is so big down there, too, that it's kind of like you follow these I, same players through recruiting and then like they're in college? I think it might have a lot to do with that because, I mean, if you look at the 
if you look at the uh, the highest rated athletes coming out of high school, the top five states are like California, which is obviously not in the South, but and this is in no order, but it's California, Texas, Florida, Georgia, and I think one of the Carolinas or Louisiana is fifth. I'm not really sure on the fifth one, but um, and all and four out of those five teams are all in the South. So and a lot of those kids, you know, I mean, obviously you have the kids that go to the Ohio States and stuff, and the Notre Dames, and Oregon's or wherever that don't stay in the South. But it's not even really just the SEC because, I mean, I mean, it, it mostly, but, I mean, you still have other schools like Oklahoma and Texas who I think they're like the, the Walmart version of the SEC because, I mean, I, I don't get me wrong, I don't want them in the SEC because they're good and that would make the SEC even harder for teams. That, like for me, you know, I'm a Georgia fan. I don't want to make the SEC any harder than it is, but I feel like they're practically the same because, you know, Oklahoma and Texas t- still considered the South, and it's just – I think a lot of the best athletes come out of this. I mean, it's it's proven that a lot of the best football athletes come out of those areas. So I, I guess a lot of them do stay home, and that just makes it more interesting when it comes to watching it. Kind of like basketball. Uh, a lot of them, you know, most of them are from up north. I mean, it, it's cold up north. You know, you, you don't want to go outside and play football year-round. You can do that in the south. No, that that's so true. And I had a friend, a really good friend of mine, uh, he ended up moving to Texas in high school and when he came back we would talk and he would just always talk about how how big particularly you talk about high school football how big high school football was in the south and how like it was just so different from being in buffalo where we're from like there's 10 guys at a like 10 fans like parents included like at a at a high, random high school football game he's like your team cannot be very good but uh the whole place is packed and he's like they damn near have stadiums for some high schools like <laughs> oh 100 percent they do and, and, and it's it's ridiculous i've seen I've seen high school stadiums bigger than some small Division One schools' stadiums. I have. I really have. In Georgia, Texas, Florida, I've seen them. Uh, and it's, that is 100% accurate. So, if, so let's say college football is number one. Which is high school football number two in the South? 100%. It's not even close. I, I think it would go college football, high school football, and I honestly don't even know what would be third. I mean uh, – I mean, I mean, really, just football in general. Probably NFL. Uh, uh, it'd be really tough. I mean, if you start getting into girls' sports, I think softball would be up there. Uh, but if you're talking about strictly male sports, it's definitely college football and high school football. And, I mean, really, you can just say football in general because NFL is probably third. But, I mean, they there's, we still love basketball. and I, you, you know me. I love all sports, man. But it's just for some reason they just love football down there and i don't i don't and i I was born into it and i'm the same way man and i just it's not something you can explain it's like just something it's kind of like when a baby deer is born it knows automatically to go find berries on a tree or something and start eating it's it's like you don't even have to be trained it just happens it's just it's just how it is and it's not even like you asked me and i just you just can't explain it now Let's say the SEC still plays, right, and the conferences are really stingy about letting players go. Uh, I mean, excuse me, letting teams go play in the SEC. Is it possible that players could transfer? Like, can players transfer right now? Could players just transfer and be like, we're going to play for the SEC, like a hired gun? Uh, well, I mean, the way things have looked the past few years, it feels like you can transfer <laughs> and almost get a waiver for anything. So I don't know why uh, you couldn't do it now. Uh, I saw somebody, he was obviously joking, a friend of mine uh, said that, well, when Ohio State doesn't get to play, that means Justin, he's a Georgia fan as well, he said, Justin Fields is coming back to us again. (laughs) 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 I said, I'll take it, but it's not going to happen. But, I mean, mean, obviously there's a lot of people getting waivers, transferring immediate eligibility all the time now. So, I don't understand why this wouldn't be a – a reason that would get passed on a waiver. I don't. I don't know why it wouldn't. If some other things are being passed. And last, I do have to ask this. Right now, do you think the SEC will play? Because you mentioned if there's any conference that will do it, it'll be the SEC. But do you think the SEC will pull this off? I think so, personally. As of now, until I hear more, uh, I, I mean, it's September's a month away. I would have to hear something very convincing within the next week or two to change my mind. But as of right now, I feel like even if uh, the worst case scenario is they just play an SEC schedule and then they just, they might just have an SEC championship. There might not be anything after it. Uh, That might be it. Uh, But I think 
that's one that like you was talking about the how the impact it has on the South and the economy and everything. I think that would be okay to the SEC, and I think they would be content with that rather than not playing at all. And what are the chances the ACC and Big Twelve? Because those schools seem like. They're trying to, those conferences, they're trying to, but maybe not. Do you think there's any chance that they could have their own conferences too? Or you, you think uh, th- that's probably not as likely? I, I honestly do think that they both they both will play. I'm, I can't say I'm not as strongly opinionated about that as I am the SEC. But I feel like the ACC and the Big 12, you know, also being, you know, mostly located in southern areas, most of the teams uh, on both of those conferences – even if it's a little southwest or, or a little bit further north on some of the ACC teams. But they're mostly still in the south area. So I think they still have somewhat of that, that fan base and, the you know, the economy impact with it and everything that goes with it. So I think – and I think if the SEC is successful with all the things that they're trying to do, I think that they're going to do their best to be right there with them. I think they're going to – if the SEC is starting to get shut down, I, I'm not trying to be biased, but I think a lot of it, it falls on the SEC, how successful they are with trying to get to play. I think if uh, if if somebody's got to be the leader of the conferences, I think it does have to be them. I really do. And then I think the ACC and Big 12 will fall right behind them. Brad, I want to thank you for coming on the pod, man. I appreciate it. Hey, anytime, man. And once again, I want to thank Brett Swader for coming on to this episode, the 188th episode of Barbershop Sports Talk.